Welcome to the latest episode of EG Late Sunday Morning. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by reporters Evelina Grichenko and Shante Bahitigay. Evelina, it's great to see you again. And Shante, this is the first time we've actually spoken. So it's uh, great yes. to meet you properly at last. Lovely uh, to meet I'm you. I'm delighted. I'm delighted that you enjoyed your EGLSM debut with Piers last week so much that you insisted uh, on appearing <laughs> again this week. Um, so let's start with you. Uh, and this week yeah. uh, you prescribed a very nice headline, uh, GSK formulates shortlist for London <laughs> HQ. Uh, so please do tell us more. Yeah, we did have some fun with that one. There were puns flying in the newsroom um, coming bet. up with that headline. Um, yeah, it was a really interesting uh, story to be working on this week. So uh, so GlaxoSmithKline, the big life sciences company that are responsible for vaccines and medicines, uh, has appointed CBRE to help it find up to 150,000 square foot of new office space. So um, thematically, this was really interesting because it they would be the next sort of ch in the ch in a chain of life sciences companies that are moving from the fringes or the outskirts of London or even outside of London into the capital. So they currently have a headquarters in Brentford, and that mm. would mean them leaving that office to be based in in the capital. So um, we understand that they're looking at offices in and around White City and offices in Covent Garden and New Oxford Street as well as sort of up for consideration. Mm -hmm. So they've got some really interesting locations of interest. So they were including 90 Longacre um, and also White City Place, um, which is Stan, a Stanhope development. Um, and then, yeah, also the Earnshaw and New Oxford Street. So they're all quite large spaces. They're all very um, ESG focused um very high grade um workspaces mm -hmm. so those are sort of the priorities and the common themes between all the options that we saw them looking at yeah. but it was very interesting because um recently we sort of saw AstraZeneca moving out while well, moving into London from Luton um mm. so they did that uh where they moved to King's Cross they already had some space that they were occupying there but they extended it and decided that they were going to make that their new headquarters so, um, yeah, it's a it's a really interesting move from GSK, especially after they've sort of had a really good, uh, good year in terms of sales. They've been up 19 percent from the previous quarter. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting move to see them moving from the outskirts into the capital and what that means for other life sciences companies that might be looking to move their headquarters into the capital. Uh, I have, as it happens, I've got a good friend who works for GSK. <laughs> uh, elsewhere in the country and I, I shared your story uh, with mm -hmm. him and he, he says on, the, on the, the times he has had to go to the HQ is a bit of a hassle to get to it so I think uh, people would, will welcome would welcome a more central uh, location by the sound of things. Yeah definitely. And uh, Evelina I imagine this this story is of interest to you as well I imagine you've been following this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's surprisingly they haven't chosen King's Cross because, I mean, the, that's been one yes. of the most popular locations for the life sciences. So mm -hmm. interesting. Maybe they just don't want to base, be based like opposite their rivals, I guess. <laughs> so probably that's why they decided to look somewhere else. Well, anyways, good luck to them with their search, I guess. And, and if, but, 
Yeah, a, a bit on the other side, uh, uh, I'm a kind of um, uh, leveling up supporter. So like, you know, <laughs> moving from regions into London doesn't sound like good news for me. Because then like, <laughs> usually what I do, like on my side stories, is when people are moving out from London. Mm. So, but yeah. yeah, I guess it's just like the switch happens, like uh, so many companies so, who are based outside of London are thinking of new opportunities and like looking why don't we try London and those who mm. were based in London for a long time I think exactly the opposite like let's try mm-hmm. something outside of London so I guess there's uh, we can't track any real like uh, uh, data that the everyone is moving out or everyone is mm. moving in I think they're just like switching around yeah you can't win them all Evelina so you, you've, got to, you've <laughs> got, to, got to let London win a few I'm just trying to um, balance all of that <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, and I guess you know if they if they suffer any setbacks on their hunt for a new HQ, you can you can bring out the bitter pill to swallow headlines and things like that. So there's plenty <laughs> of plenty of mileage in more more headline fun as this story develops. Um, elsewhere on the life sciences front, Evelina, uh, the, the asset manager and developer Lateral uh, has big plans that you've been uh, reporting on this week. Yeah, actually, to follow up, so uh, talking about the locations for life sciences within London, uh, so this company is doing quite interesting stuff because they're looking for new emerging locations that can be recreated to become new life sciences hubs. And Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, the company is looking to create 300 million fund to, uh, like, manage all of those like little new emerging locations under one portfolio. So they're currently looking for a funding partner or partners that are really open to opportunities. So it doesn't have to be one investor, it can be several investors. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, they've been quite good uh, in the partnerships already. So they had uh, partnered with Amazon Property Fund. So it was a capital uh, worth 250 million so mm-hmm. far. But the thing is that it was spaced across four sectors, so it's later living, it's offices, it's logistics and life sciences. So later it was uh, involved just on the life sciences bit. So uh, I think they're trying to pursue it further and just like trying to create something bigger and more long term. Because mm-hmm. so far they've been known for like, you know, like buying buildings, developing them, evolving them, like attracting people to them and then selling them. So they are now looking to build something bigger and expand further. So that's that's their literary growth plan. And uh, we will have more to say about that mm-hmm. in the coming sure. weeks to share their wider plans if well, I'm sure uh, our readers are absolutely interested in this one. So there's going to be a bit of a touch on uh, new emerging locations in London, as I said. So, yeah, an absolutely good area to watch. And like if more companies from the life sciences are considering to move into London, so it's a good story to read to see whereabouts are going to yeah. next life sciences clusters emerge. I mean, obviously, there is one uh, around the Southwark and um, London Bridge mm-hmm. that we know is creating. But I mean, yeah. There, are, there is plenty of potential with London, especially, you know, when the Oxford and Cambridge have now reached zero availability for labs. So a good opportunity for London to have their say in this space. Mm-hmm. Uh, between, uh, between the two of you, you'll be, you'll be all over it. And meanwhile, uh, <laughs> a brand uh, very close to my heart uh, and even closer to my stomach, uh, McCain. <laughs> Uh, has uh, done a bit of rethinking when it comes to its HQ office space 
up in Scarborough, uh, Evelina, and you've been uh, learning uh, about what, what they've been doing. Yeah, yeah, these guys are true pioneers with those staying like outside London and believing in their <laughs> original regional <laughs> location. So uh, I doubt they're going to move and take their plant with them into London. But yeah, Scarborough is a great city based on the coast. So you can see some mountains from there. So absolutely amazing views. And uh, I'm absolutely not surprised they decided to introduce like, you know, a roof terrace to enjoy all of these views and mm. an experience center, how they call it, where they can actually have food. So, you know, a combination of this kind of, as we called it, like free food and new products that they're going to introduce different styles of chips like you know <laughs> uh, it all like fits well with the location that they have chosen to and like the roof terrace is absolutely amazing so having all that for me when i first seen it, it sounds like you know headquarters somewhere in florida rather than uk mm, yeah, you know? yeah. so yeah really good one they've done a lot and uh, just between us uh, we, we had a chat in our yeah, it's team. Just, it's just us three. No one else is listening. <laughs> yeah, so we had a little chat about uh, what kind of interior they have introduced. And those yellow sofas that they have in their collaboration room, they really look like chips, you know? <laughs> so it, it, it's like a really fascinating transformation that they have. So I'm so glad they've done it. And it's good to watch companies doing that more and more and mm. not necessarily those like in a capital but in other little cities across the country yeah it's a sort of i guess it's a great way for brands to really uh, reinforce their identity and their ethos through their their, yeah, their, their hq and their office space yeah everything uh, so i guess when you come out you can you can you can smell those all of these chips and yeah. like you're like oh i know where i am it's absolutely yeah. a good place <laughs> Now I want a chip yellow sofa. Uh, I have Tell to find out where to too. get one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hamelion uh, were the ones who helped them to find that sofa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the offices front, more generally, uh, Shante, our, our yeah. esteemed deputy editor Tim Burke has written this week about uh, a potential two million square foot glot of office space. Um, in, I think in the capital, while the the incomparable Piers Weiner. Uh, has noted that the latest uh, data suggests that workers are averaging uh, 1.4 days a week in the office. Yeah. Um, so uh, I imagine, you know, you're, you're must be very quickly getting on onto the top of this uh, with your new beat. But it all seems like it's going to spell a need for a lot of subletting, uh, a lot of reconfiguring and, and maybe even a fair bit of change of use uh, in the months and years ahead. Yeah, definitely. So um, both of these stories were really interesting um, from an office perspective um, and they do link to each other very nicely. Um, it was really interesting that that the Medici sort of life care plans that were put forward, they offered two different options for redevelopment of the building, um, which is Dean Bradley House in Westminster. Mm -hmm. And um, so both of the options, I mean, they were slightly different. One included a 126 bed care home. Um, and a library, restaurant, lounges, etc. And the other one was a 31 um, post-op care unit building. Um, and it was interesting because in the planning docs, Savile said that the old building was essentially going to suffer because of its um, because of its um, it, the fact that it's not equipped to cater mm -hmm. to new office needs, essentially. 
So um, what they're saying is that it's likely that poorer building, um, poorer quality buildings like this are likely to be um, surplus to future office requirements, which is mm. what Tim then um, spoke about with the government's levelling up plan, yeah. um, which if it does go ahead, we'll see thousands of workers from the civil service moving out of London um, to offices on the fringes. So if that were to happen, that would obviously lead to a surplus of, um, of office space in the capital. Um, and like you said, would likely lead to um, to a lot of subletting. But I think what's interesting about this is that it, it's kind of about the need for hybrid models of working and like mm. offices that actually allow that mode of working because we haven't seen office workers return to the office since the pandemic um, and numbers are really low which is what Piers's article was talking about so we're sort of seeing workers average 1.5 days a week in the office in the UK uh, mm-hmm. specifically from that data so Mondays and Fridays are the lowest days of uptake yeah. with sort of 13 and 19 percent of office workers in the office respectively so that suggests there's going to be an increase in office sublets if they continue to go unused, um, which is really, really interesting. Um, yeah, so it just depends. At the moment, it's kind of remains to be seen. But I think office requirements are really changing. People want spaces that are ESG focused. People want spaces that are going to sort of accommodate their environmental strategies. So that is sort of an, an, an offshoot of their business plan is making sure that their offices also are environmentally focused so buildings that don't fit into that remit particularly old buildings are now being sort of knocked down and redeveloped which is where this all ties in together so it'll be interesting to see whether people do continue to redevelop those buildings or if Mm. they're just completely demolishing and starting from scratch um, or moving out of the out of the city again Mm. so yeah we just got to keep keep our ears or is yeah to the ground with that one and see what happens what a brilliant time to be an officer's reporter <laughs> it's very exciting it's interesting yeah uh, you know a massive sort of period of change and you're going to be invited to to see lots of different um uh, sort of revamped offices where yeah. people have taken different approaches and are all trying to to provide a, a welcoming and and rewarding place for workers to actually come in and and work just well, like very much just so. like McCain up thing. in Scarborough yeah they want leisure focused spaces as well people want to be enticed to come back into the office and occupiers obviously want their workers to feel like they want to come in um so I think yeah with, without really strong policies that that force people to sort of come into the office that's the main way for them to attract people to come back in so hopefully we'll be seeing lots of new exciting spaces popping up over the capital uh, the other way to entice people in is is games, uh, quizzes, uh, and we've got we've got a quiz for you uh, both now. Uh, and uh, Shante, I know you, you you maybe learned your lesson last week when yes. you were given the option of going first or second, and uh, you chose poorly. Yes, I did. I'm living by my words from last week, and I'm going first <laughs> this week if I get the option. <laughs> uh, so, well, I mean, Evelina could could go in any position, and we'll we'll. Evelyn is a powerhouse. Yeah, come on. So I will. People say that I fail on that day. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I I wasn't meant to introduce you. I'm sure you'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting nervous now. (laughs) I will be gracious and allow you, Shante, the opportunity to choose whether to go first or second. Oh wow! Thank you. I will go first. (laughs) First, okay. So, question one. 
Proving yes. that we are all in the wrong jobs. Uh, how much have junior level agency starter salaries gone up uh, by since lockdown restrictions ended? Oh, 25 percent. 25 percent. One out of one. OK, <laughs> uh, well done, Evelina. Are you going to Which... announce the numbers? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great uh, story. It is a great yeah, story. Absolutely. But, uh, absolutely. Dig in uh, to the, the article in the mag or online uh, for more. Uh, Evelina, which firm is offering free business rates audits uh, so that firms can get their rateable values checked before a deadline of April the 1st next year for appeals on the 2017 rating list? It's Clutton's. It is Clutton's. Of course it is. Evelina would, would, would certain to know that. Uh, now we have uh, a missing word round. Uh, can you okay. fill in? Can you fill in the missing word in in this headline, Shante? Will Newman's blank change the world? Will Newman's blank change the world? Oof. Um, I have no clue. Uh, Evelina, would you have got this one? There's no point to steal, but would you have got the answer? Hello. She would, of course. She, she, she's so good. She's just so good. Uh, it is. It's Flow. This is, of course, Adam Newman uh, and his plans for a new property venture, Flow, uh, which may transform uh, the way we all live, uh, possibly. We shall see. OK, Evelina, your missing word headline. Nuffield must pay blanks rent court rules. Nuffield must, play, must pay blanks rent court rules. Virgin Active. Correct, Virgins. This is a high court ruling on rent arrears for a lease gym. I mean, it's it's just, it's it's cruel to make anyone go up against you, Evelyn. No, it's an interesting <laughs> one. It's <laughs> it really interesting, interesting one. one. I mean, because uh, especially when you got like the decision changed uh, during the appeal, isn't it? So mm -hmm. it, it's just like, I mean, a, a bit of my background that we were talking here yeah, earlier. So it would be really interesting. So why is it happening like to explore uh, all that? So. Yes, I imagine uh, commercial restructurings, uh, the likes of which uh, Virgin Active undertook uh, mm -hmm. last year, which is uh, the background to them in this dispute are of, of considerable interest to you, Evelina, I imagine. Yeah. OK. So now our final line of questions is the diary round of questions uh, featuring stories from this week's diary page. So Shante, which Marvel superhero has had something to say about the social impact of redevelopment in modern day Soho uh, featured on the diary page this week? Is it Andrew uh, Garfield? It, it isn't Andrew Garfield, no. I have uh, no is, idea. <laughs> Evelina, would you happen to know? Save me, Evelina. I'm so sorry to say I haven't read diary pages <laughs> oh, this week. So this is Captain Carter. How well up are you on, on Marvel films and uh, related things? Any any knowledge at all? A limited amount. A limited not enough amount? to know. Yeah, yeah not enough to yeah, know that. So. A bit like Iron Man and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is, I mean, this is this is pretty obscure, but it was it was on the page this week. Uh, it's, it's, this is Captain Carter, who, in an alternate reality, got the super soldier serum instead of Steve Rogers, so becomes a British oh. a British captain, Captain Carter. Uh, anyway, she uh, has was from the Second World War, revived in the modern day, comes back, visits Soho for the first time since the 30s, 
finds it's very changed uh, and uh, a modern day friend tells her that it's actually you know completely changed in the last 10 years and Captain Carter reflects that people spend all that money to live in a city where the things that make it worthwhile are replaced to make room for them uh, which is some fairly deep thinking from Captain Carter on uh, gentrification and uh, modern day London. Okay, Evelina, I believe you are now assured of victory, uh, mm-hmm. but can you make it three out of three? No, I can't this week, sorry. <laughs> uh, you're being asked uh, to name, this is, this plays into your, your, your whole area of interest in levelling up, to name the seven cities vying to host next year's Eurovision Song Contest, as featured on this week's diary page. If you can name five of them, I'll give you the point. So you're allowed two incorrect guesses. Uh, well, I definitely know that's Liverpool. You, uh, you were, yes, it's no uh, surprise yeah. that you're aware then of that. I imagine, you're, I imagine yeah. you're rooting for Liverpool. Uh, Glasgow. Glasgow is one of them, yes. Uh, Cardiff. Not Cardiff, that's your first incorrect guess. Okay, Leeds. Yes, Leeds is correct. So I've got three now. You've got three. What else was there? Uh, Bristol? Not Bristol, surprisingly. Okay, so you've had your two incorrect. Can you get the final? Can you get two more correct answers to get the point? Do you know? Um, (laughs) Must be one city in Wales. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, I go ahead um, uh, with... uh, Edinburgh? <laughs> uh, not Edinburgh. Surprisingly, no cities in Wales either. Uh, Shante, would you have known uh, any of the other cities that are Manchester, vying for the did, privilege? Did we say Manchester? Manchester, yes, that's right. Um, Birmingham? Birmingham, yes. And also Newcastle and Sheffield. Uh, and uh, we have some some uh, information from the, the EG Cities uh, archives uh, collated on the diary page about all those cities and uh, how well-placed they might be. Uh, to host Eurovision, so it is a it is a victory for Evelina, but uh, w- well done, Shante. It was a strong performance. Thank you. I'll take the A for effort. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you uh, to you both uh, for joining me to discuss uh, your stories this week, uh, and to everyone at home. You have been listening to EG like Sunday morning. Aldermore are the proud partner of the Future Real Estate Award at this year's EG Awards. Our structured property finance debt solutions could help you realise your ambitions from the ground up. Visit aldermore.co.uk slash real estate for more information. T's and C's apply.